care what you heard, don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Alright, what is up guys? My name is Kai. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Unleashed. Today, I am actually really excited because uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and what you do? Thank you, Kai, for uh, having me on here today, man. Unleashed. I love the topic. I love the title. And uh, that's what we're going to kind of do today, if you're all right with that. But I am uh, Clay Smelter. I'm from York, Pennsylvania. Uh, and for me, I uh, am the founder of Purpose Infused Coaching helping rebuild masculinity with heart and with purpose. And really my goal and my mission is to bring men together to be fierce yet compassionate with a servant's heart and just to have a whole bunch of men step up, uh, step into their story and step up to lead and blossom where they're planted all around the, this country and all around the world, man. So that's that's what I'm about, brother. Yeah, I love that, man. So what made you decide to get into this? Uh, my own personal hell, really. <laughs> that's what it was um, because at 35 years old I'm sitting on a couch next to my wife having a panic attack over a Game of Thrones episode and I'm sitting there thinking like dude this 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 shit isn't like this isn't what it was supposed to be you know life wasn't supposed to be um, this monotonous hamster wheel where I feel like I'm bashing my head up against the wall where I don't feel like I'm good enough where I don't feel like um, you know I'm providing protecting for for my family the way I feel I should be um, the expectation limit to myself was not the reality of which I could actually do at that point in time. Um, you know, it was, it was the lie. It was the, uh, I'm good. And I think, um, you know, I put a post out the other day about that. Like everybody you, you hear all the time, like men say, I'm good. I'm good. Like, how's it, how's life? Oh, everything's good, man. And the problem is, is my, I'm good was filled of anxiety. Um, it was filled with, with fear, uh, was fear filled with um, shame, was filled with a whole bunch of different things that really wasn't I'm good. It was a lie. And the day I stopped lying to myself uh, and really diving into the things that I actually felt and unleashed the inner part of me who was really there is the day I actually took a hold of my life. Um, they always say there's two days where you're born, the one that you came out of your mom, and the second one is the day you realize and own every single thing, thing about yourself. And, um, that was, that was really kind of what got me started. Um, I started sharing because I sucked at sharing and I islanded myself off and, and didn't want to tell people what I was actually feeling. Didn't want to talk about my anxiety because it was shameful. I, I was ashamed about it. I thought it made me less than, and other people, especially my wife was going to think I was less than, which when I finally told her, it really expressed how I felt and said, Hey, you know what? I, I really am dealing with this anxiety a lot. And I don't know what to do about it. She's like, I'm here for you. And I'm like, wait, what? You you don't think like I'm less than a man? And she's like, no, like, I think you're like brave for saying something. And I'm like, well, shit, I should have said this a long time ago. You know, and it's like those different things. But then I had a, a, a one of my buddies come to me and into the coaching realm, he asked me to help him out. And from there birthed purpose infused coaching, um, their birth, the brotherhood, the exclusive brotherhood that I run, uh, and so forth. And, um, man, it's just a blast, man. I just, I love helping guys take ownership of their life to take ownership and love their story and to wake up every single day excited instead of hitting the ground running at 10 million miles a minute and being like, dude, is this, is this all there is to it? Mm -hmm. 
I see. So would you say that it started with basically you uh, on your path to wanting to uh, have more energy, have a more better life because you felt like you weren't living up to your potential? Um, and then from there, you said you talked to a friend of yours and then y'all decided to uh, do something for more men in general? Or how did that exactly uh, work? Yeah, I, I really wanted to get myself right. Um, and I'm a strong believer. I mean, as men, we were taught, like, go serve everybody else. Nobody ever taught us to serve ourselves. And that's one of the things like I started doing. I started putting myself first. Um, because think, think of yourself, Kai, as an, an apple tree. And the only thing that you can get an apple tree can give is an, a, is an apple. But what men try to do is cut off a limb. And li- we will literally cut ourselves and cut a limb off and try to plant it next to us, grow it, cultivate it, and try to give grow somebody an apple tree. Or not an apple tree, a, a banana tree. And try to give somebody else bananas. But we're still, if we cut that off and we grow it, it's still going to be an apple tree because that's what we give. And we were taught to give everything else besides what we truly are to people. And I just decided to really find out what I was really about because I didn't know. As a, as a teacher, I walked into the classroom every day not having a purpose of why I was there. You know, I'm, I, this, this will be my 18th year teaching. At that point in time, it was my 13th year teaching. And I was burnt out. I was a burnout teacher. I was sitting there going, dude, like, I can't stand this. I dreaded going to work every day. And it just, because there was no purpose behind it. What was I really, truly there to do? Teach math? Okay, but there's something more behind it. And I didn't know what that was. So until I did the work to find out what that was, I was still going to live in that, 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 what I call crazy man cycle, is just that runaround and monotony of life. But when I found my purpose, not found it, sorry, I, that, was, that was wrong. When I revealed my purpose, which is to own myself, love my story, live with purpose, now I had a reason to be there. Now I had a reason to pour into every single kid. Now I had a reason to wake up every single day and be like, why, why do I get up, step out of bed, and go after today? It's because of those three things every single day. So it brought excitement to life. It brought a reason for life. It brought a why for life. It brought why, why it was there. So I turned from this burnout teacher telling my principal, he'd be like, yo, dude, I'm going to peace out of here and go work at a convenience store because it'll be way easier to being an excited Mm -hmm. teacher. Like it was my first year again, you know, which, which is awesome. Um, But then from there, uh, my buddy came to me because of things I was posting and asked for help. And from there, that's where it kind of branched out. Um, into the coaching that I do one-on-one coaching and into the group group coaching uh, and into the brotherhood as well. So it kind of morphed into that as I helped him and really found joy and fulfillment that it was fulfilling my purpose to who I truly was to help other men. So when you say that he wanted help, was it something that he felt like as a man, like he was kind of lost in his way too, or, or what was the way that he wanted you to help him? Yeah, he he at that point in time for him, um, he was just let go of a twenty year career in the in the job that he had, um, and it was the company was just downsizing, and uh, he just happened to be cut. Uh, and we sat down for breakfast, and he said to me, he "said Clay, you know what? I'm in a really good space. You know, I'm not scared, scared that I got that I got cut. Um, this is an opportunity for me to really find out exactly who I am. And as I've seen your journey throughout." you posting on social media. And um, I just want to feel like you feel. And uh, that's kind of what it was. And 
So at that point in time, I was like, hey, listen, I don't know exactly how I'm going to help you out, but uh, let's do this thing. And uh, I just knew I could help him. And I wanted him to feel exactly how I felt when I found my purpose and was living every day with intention. And um, so so for for me, we just we just kind of went at it. And um, from there is where I started to develop my core principles, the four foundations and the four principles, um, where I started to develop the programs that help us really dive into who we are so we can identify exactly and def- uh, what our purpose is and define that. And, um, you know, it was so awesome the day the the meeting we had. And this is why I continue to coach and what inspires me to continue to, to create and to do things and to help men is because the day we, we had a meeting on a Saturday morning, a session we meet every, we met every week. And that Saturday was the first, or sorry, that previous week was the first week he lived his life with a defined purpose. So we were sitting there talking about how'd you go through this week? How was it different? And he's telling me all these things. And, and he, he said, Clay, can I just stop you right there? I said, yeah, what? And he's like, listen, he goes, man, I'm sitting here as we're talking and, converse, and having this conversation. And I was so worried to provide and protect for my family that I spent all of this time in my career and, and trying to move forward and move up. And I never stopped to hear the birds chirp. And this is the first morning I'm sitting here just listening to all these birds chirp. And I haven't heard the birds chirp in probably 20 years. He goes, so just this alone I'm grateful that that we spent the time to really find out who I was. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, even even talking to you right now, we're not on video, but you know, tears start coming to my eyes because it's just a powerful moment when somebody finds exactly who they are and then lives in the present instead of focused in the past or focused in the in, in the future. They're in the present with exactly who they are. And it, it's just powerful, man. Yeah, that's exactly what I got. Um, the main thing that I took away from that was presence. Because I noticed even myself, uh, I caught myself kind of going through life. And uh, I, I actually love enjoying like every second of my life. Because I, for me, I always hated like boredom and staying in the same places, same people. I wanted to always get out, uh, experience life, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, when it came to relationships, that was my problem. It was that um, I didn't realize how unpresent I was being with that person I was with. Like, uh, for example, I'd be spending time, like my idea of spending time with my girlfriend that I was dating at the time. And she would always end up telling me like the day after, like, why don't you spend time with me anymore? And I was like, what are you talking about? We just hung out like two, three days ago. And she's like, no, you're on your phone. You were doing that. You were doing that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it until later, but it's because I wasn't physically like present with her there. Yeah. Like, like phys- physically I was, but my mind was like on other things and I was doing other things, you know, like, Oh yeah. So absolutely. I think that presence is, uh, yeah, I think presence is a big thing that guys have problems with. Um, but that's also something else I wanted to talk to you about what, mm-hmm. what other things, like what are the common things you see that men have problems with in today's time? Well, I think what you just said is one of them, you know, presence is very key because, you know, I, I've, I've had two, I've been divorced twice, married three times. And especially in my first one, like she could be having a conversation with me. I wasn't hearing anything because the TV was on or this and that. I'm like, it was just, I just wasn't hearing it. And it's like, you know, that's where like when I first started dating my wife now is I got very good at practicing the skill of listening and I would look her. So she was weirded out really at first, which is funny, 
But but it, I can see why it's weird because I looked her in the eyes when she was talking to me. And I still do to this day. If I'm talking to her, I want to look at her. I want to see her because that means my concentration is on her for me, but also for her too. You know, so it's a, it's a two way street. I'm doing it for me, so I know and, and and know that I know what she's saying and can hear and listen to that. But it's also to let her know that like I'm here for you, you know, and I am listening to you, and I'm not just like going one ear and one out the other. But it was very uncomfortable for her at first because I looked at her, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that that as men to be present is to listen. Like you want to be more present with your relationships, with your with your wife, your girlfriend, your your husband or whatever it may be, you know, or your kids or your coworkers or friends, family, whatever it is. Listen more. You know, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. It's because your ears should be working more in your mouth. And it's like that's where it's like, but it's a skill. Like you have to work on this skill. And it was I mean, it took me probably, I don't know, two years to get really good at listening. I mean, it's a long time to work on something to feel like, you know, I've at the point where I can do this well. Um, and I, so I think that's one of the things. But I also think presence, man, what you said there is just like like talk like so many kids that we we see. I'm a teacher, so I see so many kids that that dads aren't in the in the picture. There's not a father figure in the home right. or there is a father in the home, but they're absent. And that's where it's like, for me, that was part of my story because I would go to work, work my tail off there, come home and also like, I'm worn out. I'm beat. Like I just went through all that. So what my kids got is my kids got the leftovers. And to me, once I revealed my purpose, they got all of me too. Cause I can give all at school, but I realized I can also give all at home as well. And I didn't have to be that worn out piece. And I think that's lots of times when, when when men walk around with no purpose and no why, then we're given leftovers to things because we'll pour out into money, which says, hey, if I make more money, that makes me more of a man, makes me more a, of a provider protector, which is not the case. The presence is being more of a man, more of a provider, more of a protector and being there. Um, so I think that's one of the, I think that's a big thing. What you hit on is, is, is presence. And I, I think the other thing is men just don't talk, man. Like lots of times they're a bunch of like, we're a bunch of bullshitters. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was, that was one of the biggest liars, man. Is just yeah. sat there and, and I painted a picture of what I wanted people to think I was instead of, instead of giving them the real me. And again, when I started giving the real me, that's when I started to have awesome conversations like with with guys like you i started uh having awesome you know relationships with other men who were like dude like yeah man i feel the same way and i'm like oh shit i'm not the only one that goes through this stuff in the world they're like no man like i go through it too and it's like wow okay so it opened up my eyes and it changed the perspective that i was looking through when i started opening up and not lying to myself so i think that's those are kind of three things listen be present not absent, be there, listen. And then also stop lying, man. Just, just tell, tell the truth, live your truth of exactly who you are and, and don't apologize for it. Like be you, man. See, I, I agree 100% with that. Cause I think the first step to changing yourself, not even for men, but for anybody really it, to be honest with yourself. Cause I believe that we live in a world where it's kind of like everybody is kind of, 
always telling us what to do or what to think or we're influenced by our friends or our parents or what we didn't have or what we want to have there's so many things mm -hmm. that um try to influence us and a lot of times we don't even recognize it oh yeah but i mean um, take social media so stuff so we like kind of too. Put, like, yes oh definitely yeah. especially yeah. social media you know yeah mm -hmm. But there's, uh, you said something in there that was I thought was interesting. Uh, it's uh, you said men need to talk more, and that reminds mm -hmm. me of the traditional male that you always see, kind of like in in uh, TV shows, where the men would kind of go to work, and then when they came home, they would just kind of be just quiet and there, and you know, it's like like how do how does anybody really get to know what a man is thinking, especially women, if men don't talk to them? Oh yeah, do that, do so, that's huge. Man. So when he said. Right, right. So how did you develop your, your listening skills over that time for any guy who wants to develop theirs? Uh, well, for me, it's just I had to ask questions and, and then listen and then sh and then shut my mouth. Yeah. It, was pretty, it was hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like we want to we're guys are fixers like we want to fix shit, you know. So even like with my relationship with my wife, there's lots of times now I've gotten better at knowing when and, and how when she needs me to, to help fix and when she doesn't. But really at the beginning in getting to know her, like I always wanted to fix stuff. And she's like, I don't need things fixed. So I got good at like asking questions, but I also got good at knowing where, where I stand. Like, Hey, do you, do you need me to listen or do you need me to help fix? I just need you to listen. Okay, cool. And you're going to find 90 to 95% of the time. People just want you to listen. They don't need you to fix. You know, there were times like, hey, I need your help. So really the conversation now, because we've done that so much is she's like, hey, I need your help with this. If she says, I need your help, that means, okay, now I can go into fixing mood. If she says, hey, I need I need to tell you this, then it's me. I just need to listen. So there's communication keys and stuff that are in there that allowed me to be able to say, hey, here's a time where I listen, but here's a time where I can fix. Because men, we get into this pattern of, I always like, we, as people talk, we come up with things and how to fix. So we're focused on what we're going to say next instead of what the person's actually saying. So we lose track of the conversation. So again, it's putting yourself in positions to have conversations, to be able to listen, to hold back when you want to talk and to do the, to the, to do those different things and give people that time to express who they are and then take that in for understanding, um, you know, and, and so forth. Because I think that's a big, big thing too is, in our society, in our country, you talk about influence and everything like that. Everybody wants to be right. Well, the problem is, is what's right for you isn't the same as what's right for me. You know, it, but we have to be, when we have a conversation, we can be understanding of each other. I don't have to agree with you and you don't have to agree with me, but we can understand where each other comes from. And then we can also, as, as men, continue to move forward in that, that realm. But lots of times, like especially in the U.S., we got this overinflated ego uh, type piece that goes on and it's like, no, I got to be right. And you'll fight to the death on stuff that, that you're not going to change that person's mind. I'm not going to change. You're not going to change my mind. You're, I'm not going to change your mind, but we can understand each other instead of having this fight. I think that goes into politics. I think that goes into all the different things that are happening in our country right now. You know, the, the mask or not to mask, like that whole thing, like, dude, I can understand that side. I can understand this side, you know, in the end, it really comes down to what do you believe as an individual? And then, man, I support, I support whatever you believe as an individual, you know, just support me and understand me as an individual as well. I think that's really what it comes down to. 
Man, and that's something that we can definitely get into like another long, long conversation about like how politics and everything, especially is playing into people's lives, um, you know, to this point, because I don't think it's ever been, uh, politics has ever been this prevalent in people's lives, like as much as it is currently, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Bri- no, go, go, go ahead. Uh, uh, so bringing it back, though, because there was something you said uh, with listening and especially in uh, reference to talking to your wife and the skill that you had to practice, uh, because men, I know that we can be so uh, single minded, like we're just focused on one thing and we just want to focus on that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know oftentimes if like, let's say I was driving with the girl I was dating and I'm listening to music or I'm thinking about something and she'll want to talk because, you know, women love talking. Mm-hmm. So, so my mind is like just listening to the radio and I'm just kind of like, I'm hearing her, but I'm not really hearing her. Yes. Uh, I, I think that's another Did problem that men have. Uh, so I wanted women, women to understand that. It's like, we want to be focused, but we have to really train that skill to actually focus yeah. when, uh, when women are talking. Yeah. They it, talk a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why they're able to, they don't have, they don't have the same issues as we do because they do talk. They tell their girlfriends, they tell everything too. We, we talk about like sports and other stuff that we're interested in and we don't really talk about our feelings, you know, like they do. Um, and that's one of the things that I want to break that mold is that we can have conversations about hurts, pains, fears, all that kind of stuff with guys and, and, and really have those conversations so that we can be more emotionally, um, stable is the word that came to my mind, but really emotion, non-emotionally reactive, but thought reactive, you know? And I think that's, that's a big piece to it, but I, there's a great book. It's called love and respect. And, uh, I forget Dr. Something, uh, I forget what the name is, but the book is called love and respect. And, uh, it was great for me after my first divorce because, um, I, I didn't realize all the things I didn't do. And, um, you know, for me, that relationship ended where I didn't know it was at that point. Um, there were, there were issues and stuff like that, just like any relationship, but I didn't know she was at that point. And, um, you know, she sat me down on a Wednesday night on a red couch and said 14 words that, that changed the course of my life. Um, and I'm grateful and thankful now, but at that time I was like, Oh, fucking awesome, man. This is great. Like, thanks. You know, and it's like the hurt, the pain, the fear, the not feeling, you know, not feeling, worth worth it because you know she didn't want to fight and it was like well if you don't want to fight for me maybe you know i felt worthless because of that as a father as a husband and as a man and to go through all of that i needed to 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 own all of that but also to help me rebuild from that hurt and and close that close that wound I, I read a book, Love and Respect, and when I read it, I'm like, oh, shit, man, I'm doing all these things wrong. Like, oh, my gosh, like, it's crazy. And I think that's one of the things is you you said in there in, in one of your questions is, like, women understanding men. Like, men aren't this simple-minded, like, beat our chest and grunt as movies and TV shows and all that stuff per, per you know, uh, per, what word am I using there? predicts not predicts whatever word i'm using there <laughs> but uh <laughs> i totally forget what anyway but as it portrays that's what it is that's the word but uh it's not what we portray we're very emotional creatures we just have a different way to show it and that's us showing that as blue and women showing it as pink so throughout the whole book women it, what it talks about is women see pink 
They hear pink. They taste pink. They feel pink. They move. They, their actions are pink. So when another woman talks to another woman in that way, they communicate effectively. So it's like a, their own language. Men, we hear blue, see blue, feel blue, taste blue, do blue. Like So literally, you and I can have a conversation and we'll grunt back and forth and we'd be able to understand each other. If we do that with a woman, they're like, right. what in the hell are you doing? I'm like, oh, I got it. I, I knew exactly what he was talking about. Perfect example in relationships is when you come home, when, when we come home and you ask your, your wife or girlfriend, say, hey, you know, how was your day? And they're like, oh, it was good. Like the, for us, the conversation is done. We're like, awesome. No matter what happened, you yeah. had a great day. <laughs> yeah. It's done for us. Like that was it. That's all we need to know. It was good. Cool. Awesome. But for them, when they ask us and they say, hey, how was your day? And we say, oh, it was good. It's not done for them. And what they want to know is why was it good? Um, what were the details? Yeah. You know, what made it good? So understanding that in a relationship and, and not just going good. Well, because you know the next question is coming, well, why was it good? And then we get frustrated. Like, well, we said it was good. Well, because you're speaking blue to somebody who hears pink. <laughs> and it's like you if you want to continue to have that great relationship, you have to be able to speak pink. You know, you you heard her pink come at you, and then you got to give pink back. She also needs to understand mm -hmm. that too. Is is sometimes you're going to give blue, and so forth. But if we really understand that and say, "Hey, man, my day was great because at at this happened today, and that really made my day." I mean, it's another sentence long. It's very simple, just to give a reason why my day was good. You know, but that's what they want to hear. They want to know what happened in your life. They want to. They want to feel that. Guys are like, it was good. Whatever happened, cool. Like I don't care about the details. Was it good or was it bad? It's like that black and white for us. For women, it's not. They want the details. That's just a simple little thing. That in this book, I was like, well, shit, I didn't do these things, you know. And it's like, just to be able to take that time and understand that perspective of where they're coming from. And, and each woman's different and each guy's different, but to understand their perspective of where they're coming from and how they think and to be more aware of who they are as a person allows you to have better communication with that person and to have better results of whatever outcomes you want, you know, whether it's a, a solid marriage, whether it's just, you know, having a chat, um, whether it's a business deal um, or whether it's learning from each other, whatever it may be. That understanding gives you a better opportunity to have something that's real that comes out of it. Right. And that is uh, exactly something I talked about in one of my podcast episodes. It was the way I related it was if a man is like speaking Italian and the woman speaking German, it's kind of like, how do we actually communicate with each other unless we actually start learning like little words here and there. And then the more words you learn, which this is definitely a process because I, I had to study so much, just like you did, I had to study so many different books, so many like how women think, how men think, so I could learn more about my own self, mm -hmm. I could learn more about how they think, and I could apply, it is, it is such a long process, but um, the more you work at it, obviously the better you can get, because I noticed that the main problem that uh, men have and women have is they expect the other person to communicate in the same language that they do. Yes. So like, for example, women, just as, exactly as you said, women expect men to communicate, you know, in the ways that they do, and they get frustrated when we don't. Men expect women kind of do the same because we don't like talking so much about so many different, like, you know, things that really to us don't seem that important at all. That kind of mm -hmm. like irritates us as men, you know? Yeah. But uh, so that brings me back to my uh, next question. Uh, what do you think a man needs 
um, from a woman in a relationship? Like, what is he looking for? What is he? What makes him feel fulfilled? Like, what is the the common things that men you, you think men uh, need in a relationship or marriage? Um, what I believe they need is is nothing. <laughs> what they want is mm-hmm. to have a relationship where somebody loves them as much as they love love or love them as much as they love the other person. And I think they also want, um, just, just to be with somebody and just be with somebody just to be with them. I mean, I have, I've been divorced twice and married three times. So that's why I say nothing because in, in all reality, my wife doesn't need me and I don't need her, but I love spending time with her. I want to be with her in my first marriage. I needed her for stuff. I needed, I needed that other person to fulfill stuff in me that wasn't, I wasn't fulfilling myself. My, so once that was over, then the work, then feeling, that's where all this feeling or or lack of worth came from is because that wasn't fulfilled what I was looking for out of somebody else. My second marriage, red flags all over the place to start with, yet I kept going. I got married, had a kid with this person because at some point in time, she validated who I was as a man, as a father, as a husband, those three wounds that I had from my first marriage. Once that was over, I went through all of that. I had to learn a hard way that nobody validates me, but me. Therefore, that's why I said with that question there, I said, what do they need? They need nothing, but they want somebody to be there with them to share this, share this love, share this relationship, share this harmony with somebody else. Because again, at the end of the day, like my, I love my, she is like a strong ass, badass woman. I love her to death for that. But she doesn't, at the end of the day, I know she doesn't need me. And at the end of the day, she knows she doesn't need me or, or I don't need her as well. But we love just being with each other. And this is the first person that I actually married just for being her, period. That's it. There was nothing else behind it. My first marriage I married because, well, that was the next step, you know, go to school, get a good job, get married, have kids, white picket fence, all that BS that people tell you. And that's what it was. And then my second marriage was to try to find validation from some, from a woman that will never happen. And my third marriage is because I truly just, I just love her. Like I love her and literally would spend every second, whether we're doing exactly the same thing or just in the same room, I literally spend every second of my day with her. Like that's how much I just enjoy being with her because there is no need for anything else. Just for the pure fact that I, I just I, I want to be with her. Like that's it. There's nothing else there. And it, it it literally honestly, man, it is beautiful to feel and to have. The only thing I ever wanted somebody to do was love me as much as I love them. And that's what I got when I got when I when I fully owned who I was. Because validation, she she doesn't validate me for who I am. She makes me feel good about who I am and does things to show her appreciation of me. But it's my choice whether I accept that validation or not. I honor her and her words. But in the end of the day, it's still my choice whether I validate me or me or not. So hopefully that expl- that answered your question. I don't know if it was what you were looking for, though. <laughs> No, no, you said you said it pretty good. Uh, when it goes to validation, you're 100% correct because 
my opinion, uh, I really don't think anybody should uh, date honestly unless they actually feel fulfilled as a single person because whatever you lack in yourself, when you get with somebody, you're going to try to get, you know, whatever you lack from them, you know, whether that you feel loneliness, so you're trying to get that from your partner, you don't feel like you love yourself, so you're trying to find someone who loves you, whatever it is that you lack, you're going to try to find that in somebody else. And the problem with doing that is if you give someone that power, you also give them that power to take it away as well. Yeah. And uh, so my thing is, uh, I do believe that there's uh, three things that men want, and I wanted your perspective on this okay. uh, in a relationship. I know you said uh, they, they don't need anything, but this is my, my opinion. I think uh, respect is one. Yes. Uh, appreciation and loyalty. Uh, so when I say loyalty, obviously, uh, that doesn't mean just uh, fidelity, like, uh, you know, don't cheat on me, whatever. What I mean is loyalty, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter the good times or the bad times, they're going to be there for you. And mm -hmm. uh, what comes to my mind often is money. So if a man loses his job, you know, if he's making like a ton of money, but he loses his job, something happens, his business goes under, uh, we don't want to have to worry about, oh, what what is my, my woman going to do? What is my wife going to do? Is she going to mm -hmm. leave if, you know, try to find someone else who has um, more money or more resources or she's going to try to take the kids or, you know, we don't want to have to worry about that. We want to know that their loyalty is saying, like, during the good times and the bad times, whether you have enough money, like a ton of money or, you know, nothing at all. Like, if you have nothing at all, I want to help, you know, you grow it. You know, we can grow it together, that type of thing. So loyalty is a big one. Uh, respect also, because uh, so many times when a man feels disrespected, honestly, I think that's where a lot of like physical harm comes in because uh, I don't know if you've ever been in, I, I've listened to a little bit about your, you know, uh, what you've been in, in your marriages and divorces and all that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the problems I see is always when the man feels disrespected by the woman, whether that uh, she keeps, he feels nagged by her or, uh, you know, just, just, something like she's not listening to him and she doesn't really respect him as a man it's just you know, a lot of problems start boiling up at that point when a man feels disrespected by his woman absolutely and uh, the and the last is appreciation appreciation just because i mean how, how good does it feel when like let's say you're working because you are working for something a bit you know you're building something you're creating and then if your woman just comes along she's like you know what i i, I thank you for doing this i know you're doing this for us for our family for our kids for this for that it's just that makes us want to go harder for y'all, you know, for, yes. for women. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And listen, these you you said these are wants, which is which is absolutely right. You know what I mean? That's why I said, you know, it, it's not needed. We want we have things that we want, and these three things I absolutely are on there. I'm gonna start with respect. Um, in the book Love and Respect, too, is many times, most of the time. When you show women love, that's their 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 need. They want to feel loved. And when you show them love, right. they feel respected. Men are the opposite. When you respect me and allow me to have a voice, allow and because that's one of the things in, in my two marriages, my two divorces, that wasn't the case. I felt very disrespectful because I didn't have a voice. I had to listen to what they said was right. And to me, that's not okay. I have a voice as well. So when respect, when you show men respect, they feel loved. So women are show love, they feel respected. Men are show respect, feel loved. And I think that's a huge thing, difference, because we tend to give people what we feel we need. Just like when you look at the five love languages, I, mine is, is physical touch. That's my top one. And again, physical touch isn't about sex and stuff like that. 
It's about those moments of intimacy that you create. Like if I'm in the car uh, and she put in, in my hands on the the driving stick and she puts her hand on mine, I'm like, dude, yeah, that's awesome, man. Like awesome. Like last night she yeah. she rolled over and just put the pillow on on my side on the couch and just rolled over and leaned on me. I'm like, dude, yes. I'm like, oh, you just filled my tank. Like that is awesome. Like I love it. Like and I just get so pumped with that. Uh, my other ones are words for affirmation. So when she says, hey, thank you for doing that, I'm like, oh, oh, that just blows my respect through the roof. And I'm like, yes, like this. Would, but for for her, her, hers is one is her affirmations and the other one is quality time. And when but what I try to do and what I did in previous relationships was I tried to do the physical touch as a way to show them I love them. But that was mine, not theirs. So for me, I had to realize yeah. that usually give what we feel. So women will try to give their man love and we're like, all right, cool. But if you said to your man and say, Hey, thank you for like when, when your man came home and, and he, he, you know, he worked his ass off today and you just said, Hey, thank you for working your ass off today. I appreciate that. Like that would blow, like he would go to bat for you like nobody's business. And that's what I think women don't understand. They'll say, hey, you know, I love you and this and that. But it's like, okay, we're like, cool. And it doesn't mean to like not say that that's important to 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 the relationship. But when you say, hey, thank you for when we feel that respect, that's 10 times more because that shows us that love. And I think that's important appreciation I think falls in that line is when you appreciate me, you respect me. But then when yeah. loyalty comes in, I agree with you, man. It's more than just fidelity. It's more than doing those things. The word that came to my mind when you were describing it, Kai was unconditional. When yeah. you, yep. when so, I just, I wanted somebody to love me unconditional, not conditional to what they thought I should be or the expectations they had for me. My wife now does that. Mm -hmm. My other two did not. They wanted me to be a certain way. And if I wasn't that certain way and that ex didn't meet their expectation, that means they weren't happy. Well, I came to find out that, uh, listen, I don't make anybody else happy. Like, man, I can't, no matter what I do, I can't make you happy. Happiness is your choice, not mine. I can right. help you think about being happy. I can do things this or, and especially in relationships, we can do things to help that person choose to be happy or to, make them somewhat feel happy. But in the end, it's their choice whether they feel happy or not, not mine. You know, we can always give to that, that piece. But unconditional to me means there's no conditions on what happens. So if I would lose money and stuff like that, or I lose my job, that, does, that didn't define our relationship or how much love you have for me or how much respect you have for me. That would allow us to become stronger it's not conditional on what you're to your expectation. It's unconditional. It's there for no matter what. And I think that's when you say loyalty, that's what comes to mind for me. That's 100%. Man. Um, and that brings me to uh, another question. Um, and this one will be the last one in regards to relationship. And I wanted to ask you this because I wanted women to hear this one specifically. Because I've seen several posts about, uh, you know, some women will post things on social media and it'll say something along the lines of, uh, why are men so afraid of commitment? Or mm -hmm. something along that line, you know? Oh, so yeah, man. Ask, good. Uh, yeah, in today's time, 
how do you feel most men think about dating and marriage? Like, what is our attitude toward it? And what is our fears? Why are they afraid of commitment is hurt? Emotional. Uh, no, no, like, uh, how do you feel? How do you... Right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, I mean, that, that's really what it is. Why, why are we scared of different things? Because emotional hurt that we can't take care of. It's a wound. It's a scar that you can't just bandage up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one of the things as, as being divorced twice and married three times, I'm like an odd statistic. Usually men who divorce once, the, the statistics to get remarried again are lower, but usually 80% of men who get divorced twice never marry again. Why? Because it hurts. It sucks. Like even, even my second marriage where I knew wasn't really the right fit, that still hurt. Like the emotional wounds that occur are, are deep, are strong, but we don't talk about those things. So the hurt, we don't know how to take care of this. I can't just put a bandage or I can't, I can't just stitch it up and move forward. I can't take the blade and, and, and burn it shut. Like I just, I can't do those things and it's there. And I think that's one of the things is in relationships. So for women, why do they feel men are afraid of commitment? Because they could get hurt emotionally and it can't, it's not a quick fix. Um, I think though, there's a lot of men out there that hold also hold relationships in a very high regard. Um, and they really want something that's special because even though we seem rough and on our exterior, on the inside, we really care. And we want somebody to really love us the way we love them and to give all to us just like we give all to them. Because I think when a man commits, it's like he's committed like till death. When they Like for me, when they said till death do us, but that's what I meant. And it's like, you know, that's that's very strong in a man. So when he does that, he wants to know that it's right. And I think lots of times trying to figure that out um, – hurts but i think also i think something that hurts relationships there too is i think women just need to be more open with exactly what they want like i like at the beginning i told my wife like just don't don't give me hints i don't do hints like hints don't work for me like you can hit me all you want like just say it if this is what you want just say what you want that way it's very clear for me you know i just i don't do that and i think that sometimes that that comes into play with the nature of what women do and how they communicate. And I think if guys are just like, literally, they're just scared of that too. Like, well, if she says she's okay, does that really mean she's okay? If I said, Hey, Kai, you're right. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, okay, good. Like, yeah, ask her what, you know, if they say, yeah, I'm good. It means something totally different. So that comes back to the communication. But if they would actually say exactly what they wanted, it wouldn't be so confusing for us. Cause I think that's a lot of times, it's just so confusing that men are like, screw it. You know what I mean? Like hell with it. I'll just go play the field and have fun. And that's it. Like other than that, like relationship, like it's too much work, you know? And it's like to figure out what somebody else is thinking instead of somebody just telling you what they want, what they're thinking and vice versa. That could be women too. What comes to mind for me as uh, I've never been married before, what comes to mind is uh, just the horror stories that I've heard uh, about, uh, you know, a man, a man losing like, you know, half his stuff or more, uh, especially in states like New York, where uh, he has to pay for it in a divorce, he has to pay for her lawyer, 
and she gets the kids and oftentimes she gets the house and you know just just so many horror stories like that of women leaving and you know leaving the men with almost nothing in a divorce um i think that's another reason i think we are scared to uh you know get married because we we fear that do you think that's a valid fear that that a lot of men have or what do you think oh absolutely man dude i've been there twice blows like it's like it's like you know uh custody they came after me at custody they came financially they can't like i had to go and the court system sucks for this and that and that's that that needs to change um not only you know with with, like because i walk into a courtroom because i have a penis between my legs i have to fight for the rights for my kids like it's bullshit like i'm still a parent too and it's like you know, and that's one of the things I would not back down. I don't care if I went into debt, uh, whatever. I was paying whatever because I was going to fight for the rights that I have as a father. Just because I didn't give birth doesn't mean I don't have less rights. You you, you know, and, and that's what, what I feel. But you go into the court system and the court system with your judges who are in their usually in their 50s to 70s, they have that old mentality thinking, um, you know, and it's like, well, the – the woman's the mom. That's what they got to take care of. No, the, the, the woman and the father take care of the kid, period. And we, we wonder why we have absent fathers in, in the household because women utilize this as a way – basically, they kind of almost weaponized it, you know what I mean, to try to yep. hurt the man. And it's like, you know, like, dude, like you're not hurting – like you're really – when you look at it and break it down – you hurt, you say you're all about your kid, but you hurt your kid. Like all the things that you try to do to utilize to 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 hurt the man with your kids and custody and, and money and all that kind of stuff. You just hurt your kid. Like for me, I was paying two thousand dollars in child support. It left we left me with nine hundred and seventy two dollars a month to live on. Like, how does that like what you did is because you went after that because you were hurt and you were pissed off is you put your kid in a poverty state at one house and not the other. And that's where it's like, you know, so when I was fighting through that, I even asked the court system, like, listen, I'm below the poverty. I'm way, way below the poverty level with how much income I make based upon how much child support I'm, I'm dishing out. And it's like, they well, don't we can't start, sorry, we can't do anything about that. I'm like, it states yeah, in, in the legislation that child support should not take more than three quarters of your income. It's taking almost ninety percent of my income. I'm like, like it just doesn't. It's like, what does that? Like, well, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then, and then it's like, you know, that whole system there. Yes, it is scary for guys. Guys are like, dude, well, what if this happens? And it's like, I mean, we tell our kids, make sure when you get married and married. Make sure, you know, just because of our experiences and stuff, my wife is divorced as well, but just because of our experiences with relationships and divorce, it's like, you know, make sure it's the right one before you have kids. Like, honestly, because other than that, if not, it's a whole thing to go through and it's scary and and it takes time. And and now we're at a good point, I believe, a fairly good point um, with all all of those. We have a blended family of three. I, my my son is to my second marriage. Our middle daughter is to my first marriage, and our oldest daughter is to my wife's marriage. So we go between three different sets of parents, and then including ourselves. Uh, so that's four parent 
relationships we got to do. So I think it's at a, at a pretty good point, but there, you know, there's still differences and stuff that you got to go through there. But yeah, the horror stories, man, they scare the shit out of people because. Yeah. And that's, that's something men, I wanted uh, women to hear real quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, shifting the topic real quick, I did want to ask, um, so, so what is masculinity to you? What does it mean? Masculinity is owning yourself and really operating in your own perspective of what really resonates with you. Just like femininity, femininity is the same thing, but in the female version. I think, you know, ingrained in men for thousands and thousands of years is provide and protect. Um, and usually what that meant before 1900 was go out and kill some shit to eat and then kill people to protect their land and family and everything else like that. Um, 1900 on, we get into all this industrial age and all that kind of stuff and so forth. And we, we become this more modern society where that doesn't need to occur anymore. We don't need to provide, protect, go kill things and, and bring it back to eat or protect our land. We just go to the store and then we have, you know, our police officers and stuff like that that protect us pretty well um, and so forth. And it's like, we don't have that role anymore. So what does that look like for us? So in this day and age, I think this is the new evolution of man and new evolution of masculinity that needs to occur. And I think that is each individual man owns themselves for exactly who they are and what that, that goes out with their purpose and extends out to not only themselves, but everybody around them as well. So for me, masculinity, this new, this new evolution of really taking ownership of oneself, just like femininity, I think is the new evolution of femininity is to really own themselves as a woman because they're also provide and protect, but it's different than men, you know? So how they're comforting, they're bringing in, um, and it's that comforting, providing, protecting, whereas men is that provide, protect in a physical, more of a physical manner uh, in order to do so. That's ingrained for us for thousands and thousands of years. Um, But I think that has to kind of change where that masculinity, I always say, it's building men who are fierce in who they are, but yet having com- having compassion with a servant's heart. And I think that's where it com- that compassionate piece comes into. It's the softer side of men as well. For me, like to own my feelings and know exactly who that who that is, and to cry at 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 love. You know, like I'm a hopeless romantic to cry at love love movies. Like, I love them. Like, I watched The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Why? Because I love that kind of, like, love story thing. I even cried during it. I'm okay saying that. It's good. But I used to I used to step back from that instead of step into it. And I think that's that's owning me. I cry over those things. You know, when, it, when, when you watch a movie or a TV show and it has, like, family with kids and stuff like that that go through a hard time or, or something special happens with it, man, tears start flowing. And it's like, I'm okay with that. I wasn't before, but I am now. And I think that's just really owning exactly who you are as a man or a woman and then living like that every day. I think that's the new the new evolution of masculinity. I'm glad you said that, the new evolution of masculinity, because especially in today's time, it just seems like there's so much confusion about uh, – since our separation from the typical traditional gender roles, like men going to work, the women staying home, taking care of the children, taking care of the house. 
um, it, it has just changed so much, the traditional roles to now. And it seems like men feel like maybe left out. They don't know how to be masculine. They don't know what masculinity means anymore. Especially one of the problems that I have is when women try to define for men what masculinity is. And the reason I have a problem with that is because they don't, they don't know. It's like, don't tell a man how to be a man. Like, you don't know. Like, when it comes to women, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm never going to tell a woman, like, you know, what it is to be a woman. But only thing I can do is listen to her and put in my input in regards to uh, how men see women or how men think about certain topics regarding to women, you know, things like that. Oh yeah. It's, it's understand. It comes back uh, to understanding in that communication. It's like, I'm not going to tell a woman how she feels when she goes through her menstrual cycle or say that I know how it feels. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I have no clue. I don't. And honestly, like, man, with, with, I have so much respect for women and, and seeing, you know, my two exes uh, go through childbirth and everything like that. And, and, or child rearing and then childbirth, like, dude, I so much respect, like for women, uh, for mothers, um, just in their, their, the things that happen to them that don't happen to us as men. Uh, but I ain't going to sit there and be like, Hey, this is how you feel because of it. I'm like, dude, that's like stupid, but you're right. There's lots of times where women say, no, this is how you feel as a man. I'm like, well, why don't you listen to me? What I say instead of right put on me what your thoughts, what you think it is, I'm telling you. And I think that comes back to the other conversation is, when like if i say a specific thing like that's what i mean like i don't mean anything else from it like i just mean like hey here's what I, like i feel f- I, I feel like masculinity is is dealing with compassion and and it's dealing with being having a servant's heart period that's what that's exact well you know does it mean this does it mean no it means exactly that like you know that what I said is what I said. That's what, that's what I mean. You know, I think lots of times there's these different meanings when women have conversations that they think applies to us as well, but that's their pink thoughts, which is our blue thoughts. I think there's some confusion too that, that lies in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so next is how can a man grow himself and reach his potential, especially when starting off? Oh, I mean, for me, it's diving in. It's getting real with yourself. Um, for me to really own myself, I had to dive into my shadow. And if, if you listen to this and you don't know what your shadow is, it's all the shit you don't want to talk about that you show back in the back of your mind, down in your heart and everywhere else that you don't want to deal with. And in order to fully realize who you are, you got to deal with that. Because in the even in the darkest of rooms, your shadow is still there. It doesn't matter how bright it is or how dark it is. Your shadow is still with you. It always comes out. And you got to know what that shadow is. Just like for me, anxiety was one. I had to deal with that. You know, I had to step into that. And what I mean by stepping into it is actually feel it, is actually write about it, is actually talk about it. Do those different things that allow me to own my anxiety instead of act like it didn't exist, which is what I tried to do, which made it worse. Um you know, anger was another one um, that I had to conquer, you know, getting angry, feeling angry, popping off, you know, it takes a lot for me to, for my button to be pushed. But when it's pushed, it goes from like zero to 4,000 real quick. But it's like finding that control in it. I can be angry. And, 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 you know, that's a whole nother topic in itself, but I can be angry. I can be pissed. 
Like I have a right to feel that and I'm going to feel that. What I don't have a right to do is hurt or harm other people because of it. But I can utilize that energy. When I look back at times in my life where things are going really great, I utilized anxiety, the same chemicals that re release with anxiety I used. And I also use my anger. There's lots of times in my life where the biggest parts of my growth came from the times where I was pissed, like the most, like I had the biggest amount of anger. I mean, I think about the times where I was fighting through, through, um, you know, custody, uh, custody battles, child support, all that stuff. Like, dude, I was just, I was a pissed dude getting some shit done. And it's like, <laughs> but I utilize it in an effective way instead of a negative way. And, and so yeah, using your emotions instead of letting your emotions use you. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the thing is we just got to get real with ourselves, uh, especially men. We just, we got to stop saying everything's good, you know, stop lying. Like just be real. You know, if you're scared, you're scared, say it like, but we get all these cliches and all these different things of what we're supposed to be. But dude, just be you like, be the badass you that you were meant to be and, and figure out what that is. Define your purpose. Like, why are you here on this earth? You only get one shot. You might as well know why, why you're here, you know? And if you're not spiritual, that's okay. You don't have to be spiritual to have a reason why you're here. You know, a lot of times, you know, purpose goes back to people saying it's spiritual. Well, for me, it is, it might not be for some other people, but for me, you know, uh, some of that is spiritual, but not all of it, but I'm here to own myself, love my story and live with purpose and to help people do that and, and to find that. And it's like, that's why I'm here on this earth. That's why I wake up every day. That's why I'm talking to you. You know, you asked me here, did it meet those three requirements? Yeah. Okay, cool. We're doing it. If it doesn't, I don't do it. And it's just like life gets simple when you really find out exactly who you are. Just like I said before, there's two days you were born, the one where you came out of the womb and the day that you take full ownership of everything in your life. And that comes with defining exactly who you are. I love that, man, because I think that's another problem that men have is the lack of purpose that they feel. Because if a man doesn't feel like he has purpose, then like, why is he here? Like, what's motivating him to keep on going? I think otherwise he just kind of wakes up and he just goes to work and, you know, he does what everybody else does, but he doesn't feel there's real meaning to his life. So when it comes yeah. to purpose, um, this will probably be like the last topic that we talk about here because we've, we've been talking for about an hour. <laughs> but I don't mind, but... <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. That's all... I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but uh, so when it comes to purpose, um, how do you, how can a man who doesn't know his purpose, um, how do you feel he can find his purpose um, or give and, some meaning and... to his life? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, I think it really comes down to, it's always been in you. Um, and that's why I have a program. It's called the Purpose Revealer Program and not the Purpose Finder Program because it's always been in you. And you just have to look back at your past and all the things that you've done. And I go through a series in that program, a series of different things over, over a 12-week process. And, and it takes a while. It's 12 weeks. But at the end of the 12 weeks, it is clearly defined what your purpose is. But we have to go back to your past. We have to look at your future. We have to see the present to really look at how do I make choices and why do I make the choices I'm making? Because in those choices lies your purpose. There's a reason why you do what you do and, or have done things in the past that you do 
that that are those fulfilling moments. And we look at back at and you look at your best self, that version of your best self, when you were like, hey, in my life, this is where I feel like, man, this is like the top I was at. You were operating probably out of your purpose. You just didn't have any clue. So when I defined my purpose and I look back at my life, in my I, I played high school football and baseball and then went on to college to play baseball. But when I look back at just like my high school football and baseball career, my purpose to own myself, love my story, and live with purpose was in there. I had no clue I was doing it, but naturally I was doing it. So when we talk about own yourself, so let's talk about the baseball field. When I own myself on the baseball field, that means I was going to be the hardest one working on the field. I was going to be the first one on and the last one off and the hardest worker. Like I was making sure that I owned my responsibility on the field because when I own my responsibility on the field, it helped the team out. Love your story. Man, I was a dude that pulled people together for a cause. And, and and to take that opportunity for the season to really make an impact, not only because we wanted to win, but to do more than just play baseball. It's come together as a team. So that was love in my story. And to live with purpose is to help other men get better. So I was the guy that was out, hey, man, I'll work with you. Hey, I'll do this. Hey, let, let's do this together. It was never about me except for me getting better at my position or my role on the team. It was also always about the. So when I look back at that, I'm like, well, shit, I was doing it then and had no clue I was doing it then. When I went into teaching, why did I go into teaching? Well, because of those things. I do them in my classroom. I just didn't know I was doing them. And as soon as I identified that, hey, these are the things that I do that fulfill me, that fills my cup, that fills me up, that allows me to be that apple tree and be the apple tree all the time and just give apples to everybody abundantly, then that's when I started to be excited about life. But before then, I had no clue why I was doing what I was doing or choosing what I was doing. But I had to go deep, find all those things, and go through that succession of identifying, pinpointing exactly why I made decisions the way I made them. And then from there, define that piece. And once I defined it, lights out, man. Game over, life is exciting. Would you say that, so in order to find uh, your purpose for a man who feels like he doesn't, it kind of goes with what you're saying. Uh, my idea is that, it goes, you, know, you said look back at your past. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I found to help me with feeling, uh, with finding what I, my purpose and what I'm meant to do is think about what you liked doing when you were younger, when you were a kid. Um, you know, before you were 10, before you were 12, um, there were things that you wanted to do even if they weren't, like, let's say you want to go to the moon or, you know, astronaut or something, um, mm-hmm. even if they may be like out there, I think it has something to do with that type of realm, like maybe like studying the stars if you wanted to go to the moon. Um, for me, I always wanted to be a scientist, an actor, uh, something like that. But acting, I found out I like that because I like I like variety so much. So I get to be different types of people. I get to talk and, you know, like, like experience different things. Yeah. Um, and and also pulled my uh, pulled uh, other people together just like you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and but, it, it, uh, comes, we'll, it comes we'll, back to your why, Kai. And that's why did you want to be that? Why did you want to be a scientist? Why did you want to be an actor? You just said it right there, and that lies in your purpose because your purpose is in what you do. And I, I think that's one of the big, big mistakes that we have is people think, well, my purpose is to be a teacher. Well, as soon as I signed that contract, then my purpose was fulfilled. That's not your role. 
why do you want to be a teacher? What's the purpose behind that? What's the reasoning behind why did you choose to do that and do what you did? For you acting and stuff like that, you just told us exactly why you felt that that aligned with your purpose. We do things that align with who we are. Who we are is our purpose. We just never clearly define that. Mm, that is definitely a big one, clarity. Because if you don't have clarity, like my main thing, so just to recap, uh, it's just being real with yourself. That's the first part part of changing. So being real about your, your, your bullshit, being real about you know your weaknesses, your shortcomings, what you want to work on. And then the next part I would say is knowing where you want to go, like what is your ideal life? What is your ideal, uh, just everything? What is the type of life you actually want to have? A lot of people, they limit themselves with their creativity and they kind of aim like really low. You know, they, they, they mm -hmm. aim for a lot lower money than they want to make. They aim for a lot lower uh, life than they actually want to have. So my uh, advice to men is have a vision and let it be like as wild as you want it to have. Like don't put any type of uh, chains or anything on it that, that can uh, diminish your vision. So it starts with being real with yourself, having a vision of where you want to go, like the ultimate vision, and then breaking it down in tiny steps of how to get there. Even if you don't know how to get there, just start with something. Just start learning more about, you know, where you want to go, what you want to do, just anything at all. And then if you keep sticking to it, eventually the, the pieces will fall into, you know, part of, you'll start seeing the puzzle, you know, one piece at a time. But, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like more clarity. Clarity is oh, definitely sure. the biggest thing when it comes to vision. Clarity is key. Without but, a vision, uh, men, other, yeah, without a vision, men shall exactly, perish. Exactly, man. But other than that, I think that we will wrap this episode up. Is there anything else you wanted to say to men or to women or anything at all? Uh, for, for both, man, just, just own yourselves, you know what I mean? Go out and know exactly who you are. That's men and women and, and just be understanding with each other. Don't go, don't go into relationships to change people, go into relationships to be with them because you really want to be with them, you know, and, and you like that person for who they are and not who you want them to be. Uh, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that, that we can do in relationships and, and just have a more beautiful world, man. All right. I love that, man. Where can people find you? Uh, they could go on uh, uh, Instagram, Clay Smelter underscore, or Clay underscore Smelter, uh, Facebook, Clay Smelter. Uh, and, and I have a, a Facebook group, or Purpose Infused Men Facebook group there. Uh, you can invite. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, and then you can go to purposeinfusedcoaching.com, uh, my Kajabi um and that'll be in there too um that you have that so it's a link um to my website to get some more information as well perfect thank you very much i want to thank you for coming on this podcast thank you for being a guest uh, i hope the people listening help you find a lot of value in everything that you've heard today um but thanks again man i appreciate you coming on dude my my pleasure man appreciate helping you out and anything i can do that's what we're here for man two two guys Go getting together, talking about some good stuff and helping a lot of people out. All right. I love it, man. All right. To everybody else, thank you for listening and we will see you again shortly. Check out our, our uh, last episode. Take care, guys. Bye.